Welcome, everybody, to episode 90. Ooh, we're getting way up there of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. I am the lover of science and sharks, or sharks and science, or the science about sharks. Uh, pretty much all things sharks and science I, I enjoy. Joining me, as usual, is my co-host. When she's not in jail, she's here. When she's not being dragged away by the Child Detection Agency, she's here. She is, of course, the Ironborn Goddess of Giggles, Agent Nicole. Yay! <laughs> and also joining us is the uh, the third part of this triumvirate, the third 90-degree angle that makes this triangle. It is the real housewife of Transylvania, the mistress of Merlot. Ladies and gentlemen, Ashes My Nightmare. So, the other night... I had a little too <laughs> much wine, <laughs> and I fell in the tub. <coughs> I, I don't. Like, I enjoy the picture. No, exactly what happened. Granted, okay, there there were no, there was no water in the bathtub. I was fully clothed. I don't really know what happened. One moment I'm standing up in the bathroom, and then the next minute I'm in the tub. And Patsy, like any good, kind, loving husband, made sure that there was photographic evidence before he helped me out of the tub. I could not stop laughing. He was like, are you? He was, he, I could hear like the, the, just, I heard everything fall in, into in the sink. Your voice. You were just like, oh my God, are you all right? What happened? Are you okay? Do you need help? And I just could not stop laughing. You all right? Yeah, can you come help me? Is everything all right in there? Like, what what happened? Because she was in the bathroom for like 15 minutes, and 10 of those minutes were her sitting in the tub because she fell in and couldn't get out. I kind of got cozy. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we may be posting some of these pictures. Because <laughs> uh, they're pretty funny. She's like, don't take my picture. Help me. I'm like, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <coughs> One, two, three, four, five, six pictures. Wow. They all look pretty much the same. See? There you yeah, go. Yeah, no, I saw the pictures already. Yeah. So they all look pretty much the same, but But yeah, that was that was that. So I didn't even help her up. I did eventually. Yeah. So, of course, we are also joined because we can't forget our producer extraordinaire, the man for which Castle Wolfenstein is named, ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Wolfenstein. I had to make sure my mic was on. That's what a good producer does, right? Uh, That's right. You guys going to clean up the burgers from last week? Yes, the burger <laughs> rain. Yeah. Oh, it was sexy. We had sexy, no. we had sexy mustard I fights. I eat it. So no. <laughs> what a sexy mustard fight. Yeah, we're spraying mustard all Is there around. any other kind of mustard <laughs> fight? <laughs> spraying mustard in a sensual manner. Ew, dude, don't ruin condiments for me. Sexy I see I can see Patty wearing a utility belt of just condiments. Oh yeah. And that's it. That's it. Yep. Ew. Well, what are they saying? Like practice safe eating, use condiments? Yep. Yep. Sexy mustard Stop. <laughs> There's no photographic evidence of that, ribs ladies and gentlemen. Ribs for Patsy's pleasure. Ooh, yeah. yeah, ribs for your pleasure. Mm. Oh. Pass that special sauce Ew, on Throwdown Thursday. 
join us on the that eight thousand that eight thousand island kids. Oh, <laughs> not to be confused. And we're done. We'll see you next Thursday. <laughs> not to be confused uh, with our Canadian neighbors to the north uh, with homo milk. That's completely different. So we don't want you getting the wrong ideas. That's just you know whole milk, homogenized whole milk. Get your minds out of the gutter. And back in the sexy mustard. Fight. Okay, okay. What are we God. talking about today? What are we doing? We Please are talking. I don't even like mustard. <laughs> We're talking about sexy mustard fights and well placed pickles. The yeah, little you, baby gherkin. You put, you put them over your nipples and you can dance around. <laughs> Pepperoni slices. Okay. Stop. <laughs> we are done. Uh, what are we talking about today? I need to cut your mic. Not, not be, yours, Ashes. Not be tossing salads on that. Okay. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Fucking stop. Today we'll be talking about the movie uh, geared towards children. <laughs> uh, How to Train Your Dragon. The main character of, uh, I almost said Flint Lockwood, uh, Jay Baruchel's hiccup and uh, his whiny ass voice throughout the entire film. All parents have now turned the show off for their kids. Good. I know. <laughs> Listen, sorry, kids. All the all the six year olds are now in trouble for listening. Although I will say, um, what fucking six year old is listening to this show? Well, one of our newer listeners, uh, shout out to Goobs on the uh, Derailers podcast, was listening to our show and happened to hear a certain uh, theme song done by Tiny White, was listening to that, and his son happened to hear it and began singing it. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not that sure how kid. that ended. That poor kid. But uh, he was like, yeah, well, I'm in trouble with the wife. So we'll see how that uh, turned out. I'll have to get in touch with him. Uh, he may be looking for a place to stay. So, uh, Agent Nicole's got room. I don't have room. Listen. Stop pimping Agent Nicole pack. does have a Kylo Ren sleeping bag. I do. I can offer that, but you can't come into my house. Sorry. Wow, that's fucked up. <laughs> that's wicked. <laughs> Dad lives here's, there. He's not going to have people here's come over. The, here's the Kylo here's Ren the sleeping, sleeping bag, bag, and there's the lawn. <laughs> have Stop fun. pimping my place. You got a place of your own. Pimp yours. Our place is already going to be full. That's when, not when my Ray issue. That's not my issue. <laughs> Rafe, oh my god! You gotta make sure you tell the wife, which seems like you don't. Yeah, Ray Park is 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 going to be staying with us eventually at some point. Oh yeah. Potential. Does he know this? It's potential. Uh-huh. Potential. It's Ray nothing. Uh-huh. It's not set in stone yet. There's still some like logistical things I got to work out. Like he's gonna yeah. come over with a touch with restraining him. order yeah. for Patsy to sign. That's not how restraining orders work. <laughs> the person getting the restraining order doesn't bring it. Hey, sign this and you have to stay 500 yards away. No, could, could you please sign your restraining order? It's <laughs> like you sign it and then just walk away. And then... Right, but as soon as you sign it, you're in violation of it because you're too close. Then that's how you that's get the into point, jail. Yeah. yeah. That's called entrapment. <laughs> hey, sign this? Sure. Aha! I got you. You fucking jerk. Listen, I can't be a stalker because I've never actually gotten in contact. No, but you keep 
obsessing with it, and that's how Listen, obsessions go. I didn't that's even how talk about goes. last. I episode. should know. Listen, you can. Should stop I be you worried want. that he's replacing like my my head in all of our wedding pictures with Ray Parks? In? Well, that's okay. Then all the other pictures that you have, you just put whoever. Great. Tom so Hilton. all of our picture, all of our wedding pictures, are going to look like Ray Park marrying Patrice Bergeron. <laughs> what a Don't boxy look couple! Like Patrice Bergeron. No, the joke was you already replaced my head with Patrice Bergeron's. <gasps> oh, picture. it's a joke. She's I a little slow it. on the uptake today. She hasn't had enough wine. Her blood alcohol is point oh eight, well below the legal limit for Housewives of Transylvania. So, what the hell are we talking about today? Some whiny dragon man. Oh, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. Wait, I mean, t- you're whiny too. Oh, so. it is. Oh, we're gonna get to see Sandy tomorrow. And we're going, guy. Okay, I'm going to save this discussion for my wine talk. So, we'll oh yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> I'll I'll wine a little later. Ha ha. Yeah, Jay Jay Baruchel's character in this movie is whiny. Oh, so are god. you? No, he's so. Oh my god, I do a great impression, I'm which so you will hear. I'm so glad you're not so behind me times. anymore. I don't have to hear you anymore. You know, you don't get to is what you mean. You don't get to. So it's today crazy. for our getting into character, I have topic. to leave my office and go out and look because Nicole is so short, I can't see if she's sitting in her area <laughs> or standing in her area. I fucking hate you. Um, let's go. So today, boys and girls, for our getting into character portion of the show, we are posing the question, if you could befriend and train any mythical creature, what would you choose and why? Oh, that's easy. I mean, if we're talking, like, does it actually have to be a creature from a myth or can it be like any... Just like, well, like, you know, kind of like dragons are mythical creatures. So, you know, like. So, like, fantastical fantastical beasts and where we find them? Yes. Okay. So, I would have to say it's kind of a toss up um, between Godzilla. Um, <laughs> Godzilla's not a mythical creature. I don't care. I just said fantastical creatures and you said yes. So. I would be a toss-up between uh, either Godzilla, because there's a lot of downsides to having like Godzilla, because like wrecking everything, and he's too big. He's literally too big to support himself on 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 land. Uh, so, but you could have Godzilla's son, Minya. Oh, he sucks. No, <laughs> oh, I'm just hanging around lonesome because I got no friends. <laughs> no, he sucks. Uh, it would be between uh, Godzilla. If I was angry at the world, or uh, probably Cringer from He-Man, because then he could turn into Battle Cat, and also I could ride him around like a horse. Okay. And he's a green with yellow striped tiger who talks, and it would be nice to have a conversation with the cats that's not one-sided for once. So that's, that's where I'm going. Okay, what about you, Agent Nicole? Um, I have two, and they both come from the Harry Potter series. Um, I would go with either a hippogriff, which is half eagle, half horse. Um, in the third film, you see Buckbeak, which is um, Hagrid is now like the new teacher with about with all the magical creatures, and Buckbeak is like who he brings out first, and this 
It's a really big creature, you know, it honors, respect, it has pride, and it's a beautiful creature. And I would, both of mine, both of the creatures that I pick are those that can fly, and I would really want something to, like, take me to wherever I would like to go. And I think this one, this, um, the hippogriff is just, it's a beautiful creature. It's, it has full of pride, and if you, if it doesn't like you, well, you know what? Fuck you. It's not going to like you anymore. Um, the other one would be a phoenix. I think the concept of a phoenix is just a beautiful, like, you know, once you pass on, like, your ashes, it, you reemerge from, you reincarnate back into a phoenix through the ashes of of your death. And it's just a beautiful, they're both beautiful creatures. And I I would want one of those if I could. So... I'll give you my first answer and then I'll give you like my real answer. So my first answer was a narwhal. And then I realized that narwhals actually exist. And it was like the happiest day ever. (laughs) I'm like, Oh my God, I would want a narwhal. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. Narwhals are real. This is the best day ever. Um, so my real answer is a unicorn. I've always loved unicorns. I believe I am part unicorn and I would want to train a unicorn to shish kebab my enemies with its horn. Oh, like uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. To be like, unicorn. I'll probably give like the unicorn a really weird name, like... Sprinkles. Giuseppe. Oh, I thought of another one. Uh, man Bear Pig. He's half man, <laughs> half bear pig. Um, but yeah, I would want to you know, be like Giuseppe, and of course, like Giuseppe would be fabulous, just this sparkly. You would like eat rainbows and poop glitter. That's what you do. <laughs> oh all I could think when you said poop glitter, I all I could think is the freaking potty squatty commercial, and Squad the unicorn potty. is pooping. <laughs> I got my dad one for his birthday this year or this past year. Yeah, birthday so that's disturbing. I just thought of that. <laughs> Rude unicorns were right there. I have one. It works so well. What, you have a unicorn? Squatty potty. Oh. I'm trying to get them to be a sponsor of the show, because that would be fucking amazing. You do use their product enough. I do. Throwdown Thursday, brought to you by Squatty Potty. Let's make that happen. We're the shit. But yeah. We're the shit. Yeah, bam. There we go. There's the advertising right fucking there. All right, so... <clears throat> All right, so where do we want to go from there? Where do we well, want- I think now would be a really good time to go to break. And then when we come back, we are going to discuss Hiccup from the How to Train Your Dragon series. All so right. stay tuned. Yeah, let's take a quick break and let's then come back. All right. Are you done? <laughs> Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like oh. the trick or shit. 
shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's a me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey short. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. And you are listening to Throwdown Thursday on the Grand Guineal Network. Hello again, everyone. It's Mr. Most Days Off from the Best Darn Diddly Review Show, here with a special message for you from Richie the Whiz Kid. You know, a town without Best Darn Diddly is a little like the mule with the spinning wheel. No one knows how he got it, and danged if he knows how to use it. The name's Whiz Kid, Richie the Whiz Kid, and I come before you good fans of Springfield with probably the greatest podcast. Uh, it's not for you. It's more of a Shelbyville podcast. Now, you wait here just a minute. We're twice as smart as the people of Shelbyville. You tell us where to listen to Best Darn Diddly and we'll listen. I'll tell you exactly where you can listen to it. You can catch the Best Darn Diddly Review Show each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. So hop on the monorail and join us on this journey through the Simpsons series. And we've returned. So, I have some just let it very go. Just let specific it out now. Uh, thoughts on on hiccup. And I was voicing them last night, and I kept getting yelled at because we were watching the the movie, and I kept getting yelled at, like, "Oh my god, will you just stop?" And I'm like, "No, look at him. He's a pain in the ass, and he sucks." So. Hiccup has this thing where he thinks that everyone Can has... Can I just do a quick disclaimer? The opinions of Patsy the Angry Nerd does not do reflect not on our other co- co- the co- opinions of Throwdown Thursday. That's fine. That's what this whole thing is about. <laughs> so here's the thing. The thing that upsets me is, first of all, he's whiny as hell. Like... It's like he's trying to do an impression of the squeaky voice teen on The Simpsons. He's all like, "My name is Hiccup, and I <laughs> like not dragons." Sound like that. I live in Burke. It's awesome. We have dragons now. We didn't used to, but now we do. He does not sound like that. Yes, he does. He's a little more nasally, but yes, he sounds like that. And everyone's like, he's like, "I'm gonna." Talk with Drago Bloodvest because he sounds like a guy who's really rational and, and easy to talk to. And everyone he talks to <laughs> says, no, there's no talking with him. He's a goddamn maniac. He will murder everything he sees. No, I'm going to talk to him. Hey, Drago, what's going on? I'm going to kill everyone you love. Oh, no, don't do that. We can be friends. Nope. Now they're all dead. And then everyone was dead. 
And then what happened? He is an idiot. That's what. So, yes. Are you done? See you next week when we discuss some guy who does things. All right. So, I'm sorry. You guys you guys probably have stuff to say, too. No. Right, but let's get it all out oh, now before. so fucking annoying. Like, all right. I can understand his motivations. Because in the first one, he's like, I don't want to kill Dragon's Dead. And his dread's like, ooh, I'm a Scottish <laughs> Viking, because that's a thing. And he's all like, ooh, you're going to kill dragons, because I'm not going to have a guy who doesn't kill dragons living in my village. And so he tries to kill the dragon, but he only wings him. And then, like, it turns out he's like this super rare dragon. He's like, oh, now he's not in mint condition. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then... He trains him, and he's like, see, look, he's not so bad. Like, oh, I guess you're right. Oh, we're not going to kill dragons anymore. So then they don't kill dragons anymore. Then the next movie is like, oh, if I just do the, apply the same things to this crazy fucking psycho who murdered all the chieftains, yeah, I'm sure he's a rational guy. I'll just apply the same logic I used to dragons to this guy, and everything will be great. Oh, no, my family. Oh, Oh, my entire village is destroyed. Oh, that's so sad. And then there was that lady who looked like the fucking Muppet from uh, Labyrinth. She's all like, oh, I'm a crazy dragon lady. I got all these dragons, and it's kind of like being a crazy cat lady, but I'm going to draw on your face with with soot. And that's pretty much the two movies. So that was a pretty good uh, rundown. That was all unscripted, by the way. Um, I'm sure you guys have stuff to say about the characters, so I will uh, turn this over to you. Are you done? Yeah, like I literally just said, that's all I have to say. I'll turn it over to you. So, Ashes, since now the conversation is to us, and this will be a pleasant conversation. When was your first exposure to How to Train Your Dragon? Um, I don't really remember. Uh, I think it was. Like the movie was in the theaters. We didn't see it in the theaters, did we? No, no, we did not. Um, but it was one of those movies. I thought, oh, that looks really cute. I kind of want to see it. And so when it came out, we saw it and we loved it and picked it up. And then the second one came out and picked it up and loved that one too. So <laughs> yeah, I just, I just think that you know, it was just, just I was cute. Yeah, uh, little toothies guy. On yeah. a side note, if we let you borrow our blu-ray of the first one send us a message on facebook with the hashtag <laughs> borrowed your dvd or blu-ray because we were looking <laughs> everywhere for it and couldn't find it hashtag, so we, just send us a message with the hashtag i think i told you i think my movie. sister has it i just haven't talked to her well i just i need to know because we were looking for it and i couldn't find it so hashtag found your movie we borrowed it here it is. We'll send it back. Do you still have my Agent Carter season one? Yes. Yes. Okay. But I put a sticky note on it and it says Agent Nicole. Okay. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Back to the, the conversation. Um, for me, I remember I've seen it like bef- like a couple times, but I remember it was like the Thanksgiving holiday weekend and it was on like Fox uh, FX repeatedly and I watched it repeatedly. My dad would come in. Oh, what are you watching? How to Train Your Dragon. Three hours later, what are you watching? How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> Comes back a couple more hours. What are you watching? How to Train Your Dragon. Why are you still watching? Because it's fucking cute. 
Right? Like, that's a really long movie. <laughs> no, it's, it's the same movie over It's a big time. <laughs> and then I ended up picking it up, and I did see the second one in theaters, which that one broke my heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. That one really broke my heart. Um, but in this entire series, which is a book, which is a book series with 12, I believe, 12 books um, by Cassidra, uh, Kis- I think that's her name, Cassidra Con- Conwell. Um, I think the last one just recently uh, came out. It's we have a protagonist hiccup who is the heir to this little isle, this little clustered island called Burke. And, you know, he in the first film, he is about 15, 16. And throughout the series, um, there's a few there's like about eight, eight seasons of a television series that bridges you know, the progression of Hiccup and that the second movie he's at 20. So, and then there'll be a third movie where I think he'll be a little bit older, obviously. But anyways, um, so Hiccup is this kid who is completely the opposite of what you would think of a Viking. Very, he's very lanky. He's very small. Whereas his father, Stoic, who is the chief, very huge, very boisterous, very loud. He's very- literally called Stoic the Vast. Yes. Um, And so he is trying to prove to his father that he is also a Viking, but he's constantly in the way. He's always causing some sort of trouble, very much like Flint Lockwood in the uh, Cloudy with the Chance of Meatball series. You know, he's just he has the good intentions of like trying to be the best Viking he can be because he's heir to the throne. And, you know, he he has all these ideas. And so in the first film, in the beginning, dragons are basically plaguing their area, taking all their food, destroying their homes. It's it's always Vikings against dragons. And so Hiccup is trying to prove to his father that he can be a Viking. He can go take down a dragon. So he, he creates this contraption who it's like kind of a cannon and he's like, I'm going to get the Nightwing, uh, Nightwing, Night Fury, which is the rarest dragon that no one has seen. And he hits something, which he believes is the Night Fury. And so, um, Ashes, I see that you have notes, so I'll pass it to you. Uh, so just a side note, um, <laughs> at Night Fury is what my I call my cat when she has the zoomies at like three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh, little Night Fury. She's just like, Phew! all over the place but um yeah so hiccups an inventor which is not really the path that his dad has in mind for him his mom is out of the picture uh and we find more uh, you know found find out more about that in the second film um but he's supposed to be, you know, he, he's like you said, he's not the stereotypical Viking. He's mm-hmm. very scrawny. Mm-hmm. And I love how he is pretty much the smallest person on the island. Yeah. And his dad is the biggest person, yeah. you know, just kind of to, to, to further the, the contrast between the two characters. Hiccup is also like an adventurer in the sense that he's trying to make a map of he knows that there's a world bigger than where he's at and he's trying to map things out 
and just show people that there's more out there. And the uh, the Vikings believe that the dragons are evil. The Vikings believe that the the dragons are out to to get them because of events that had happened. Mm-hmm. They burned their whole town down. Mm-hmm. Um, so they believe that it's their purpose to kill dragons and you know killing dragons just isn't what hiccup is all about yeah and like you said he makes this contraption uh to uh, attempt to capture a dragon which he does and ends up injuring a dragon in the process but he's so like throughout the whole thing he's so not your stereotypical viking because Mm -hmm. vikings are they're they're brutes they're you know hardcore they're just out for out for blood almost you know and he's not like that he's compassionate and loving and uh, come to find out, you know, he he does injure the dragon that he takes down and that uh, dragon ends up being Toothless. Who's so, can we just talk about Toothless for two seconds? Oh, of course. Oh, next my time. God. I wish I... The next time puppy. we go to Beldivere, I'm getting a Toothless. Right? Like. I want a Toothless, too. Yeah. Uh, he's just so freaking cute. Um yeah, I, I think that just he's called a Night Fury. That's the breed of dragon that he is. But he's anything but ferocious. Oh, he's... <laughs> yes, that's not entirely true. Well, no, no. But he's the... very playful, but he's like a, he's like a puppy. Yes, or like well, Patrick constantly calls cats the ultimate killing machine. And I kind of feel like that's what Toothless kind of is. Like, he's the ultimate killing machine, but he's so freaking cute, like the kitties. Um, But anyways, getting back to Hiccup, I kind of relate to this struggle that he has the inner struggle that the you know the inner quarrel of wanting to be who his parents or should say who his dad wants him Mm -hmm. to be and you know being picked on by everyone because you know he just wasn't living up to this expectation like you're the chief's son yeah you know like you're the chief's son like it's he he wasn't filling the shoes that he was supposed to fill mm-hmm. and he felt like a disappointment but yeah. at the same time that really wasn't the path that he wanted for himself so you know trying to find some sort of self-satisfaction on the and and, and showing people like his ultimate goal was to show people that there there was more to it mm-hmm. than what they were doing and ultimately he befriends he has a way with with toothless and he befriends toothless and and trains toothless and was able to create a contraption to fix the tail that was destroyed um when toothless shot him down ultimately yeah. and he wanted to show people that dragons are not these, I mean, they are these brutal killing machines, but they also, they're not, they're just playful. They just want to be loved and be taken care of and take care of other people. You know, there's like a, a mutual, um, mutually beneficial relationship that happens, you know, in the end between the Vikings. Yes. 
uh, between, you know, the dragons and the Vikings. And I think not to to add on to what you're saying, because you haven't have you not seen the you haven't seen the television series. Well, in a lot of it, you see a lot of other Vikings, other rulers who do not treat their dragons right. And it kind of and their dragons retaliate or like become their owners where they're very vicious and it's kind of like that nature nurture kind of thing where you know there is that you know you see these creatures be you know stand guardish and they have all this history with humans and i think with hiccup he's trying to reverse that idea of like them being brutal to dragons and with hiccup he can't kill he can't kill kill dragon he's he says in the first film he saw himself in a toothless's position where he's you know he saw his soul he saw himself as that dragon where he felt helpless and throughout that first seat first uh first film you know he's trying to prove to his father he's a viking that he can do all these things and um, his father has gone away to find the dragon's nest, the place where, you know, they, the dragons go to take the food and all whatnot. And he, he gets enlisted into this dragon training, kind of like a warrior training session. And he obviously doesn't fit in. The other kids pick on him for why is he even here? And then, you know, he's using all these techniques that he's learned with Toothless on to, other dragons in there and he's you know people the other kids especially this girl that he has like madly in love with Astrid is like what the fuck is going on like you shouldn't be doing this like how are you doing all these like how are you beating me in this combat when you're not you are the complete opposite of what a viking should be yeah he's befriending them it's it's again that's why I compare him to a dog because I mean, first of all, you see a lot of the Vikings getting dragons that match their personality, which, you know, you see that a lot with dogs. Dogs will match their owner's personalities. But it's the the same thing. Like, if you earn their loyalty, they're with you forever. And that's, like, one of the big uh, lessons that you learn from the second film. Like, that's, like, the central theme. Like, if you earn a dragon's loyalty through trust and and uh love and affection that dragon is bonded to you forever and there is no stronger bond well i think it was important to hiccup uh to show that brain can also equal brawn mm-hmm. you know you can be smart and know how to work with these dragons. And if you know how to work with them, they're willing to work with you. You don't have to attack them. Mm-hmm. You know, you can enter into, you know, you can enter into it with compassion versus, you know, aggression. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, again, they will take on, like they're not aggressive by nature, but they will defend themselves when attacked, and it's just the fact that they are bigger, stronger, faster. Like their response is going to be greater than the response of any human because they are much bigger, much more powerful, and they can cause of a as uh, Mickey says to uh, Rocky in Rocky Three. You know, speaking of dinosaurs. 
You ever fight a dinosaur? They can cause a variety of damage. And dragons are basically fire-breathing dinosaurs. So one of the things that I love, or I should say one of the... the Something that I love that, you know, what happens to this character is the end of the first movie, he loses his leg or, or part of his leg, um, saving Toothless from pretty much death. Mm-hmm. And I think that right there, you know, he throughout the film, he showed bravery in different ways. But this was like the ultimate you know, feat of, of bravery. Yeah, they, they pretty much saved each other at the end there. Right. And when Toothless, uh, sorry, Hiccup, <laughs> when Hiccup emerges with the peg leg mm-hmm. and Toothless sees him, I just, I don't know, there's something about that scene that just gets to me because... They had a connection before, yeah. but you know that pretty much solidified their their connection. Yeah. And toothless, even uh, not toothless. Hiccup. Hiccup. Hiccup even tells them, you know, like, well, I guess now we're even. You know, yeah. that's what <laughs> like, he says even, in the second one. Yeah, and yeah. even in in with that scene as well, you know, his he Hiccup is like, oh my god, you're in my house, and goes out and like dragons are becoming a part of the bark life and his father gestures to him as like you know we maybe we need a little bit more of what you are and he's like you just gesture to me and it's like you know we need that little outside creativity outside that you know stereotypical thinking yes i was getting to that um just kind of like you know there is more than just muscles there's brains there's creativity there's humanity and and the, I, it's such a beautiful scene. I love that scene. And also the scene where, you know, um, his dragon is taken away. And hit, it's important. It's a pivotal point in Astrid and, and Hiccup's uh, beginning of their, like, are they, are they not relationship where she's telling him, like, what are you, why couldn't you do it? Like, why couldn't you kill the dragon? And he's like, I didn't want to. And. You know, how am I supposed to be chief if I can't even kill? And, you know, he says something, you know, historic because, like, she wants to remember the words of this future chief. And he said, like, I wouldn't, I couldn't. Like, I saw my soul in this dragon. And I think that's, you see the sensitivity of who Hiccup is because he's the complete polar opposite of his father. And um, from the end of that film, in the television series, you see a lot of Hiccup growing up. He, him and his friends, they they take dragons away from Burke, most of them, and they kind of create like this island where they can train dragons properly, train them, learn about their um, learn about their attitudes, how they are, and this also where Hiccup is becoming a leader. This is where kind of training to be a chief where he's also exploring different islands, different um, villages around, trying to understand why situations happen. And he's dealing with a lot of conflicts here and there. And I think that if you're really into the series, I think you should definitely take a chance on the television series because you you see Hiccup growing because between the two films, you don't see that kind of aspect of like how Hiccup has changed a lot. Like he's, 
he's more mature. He, you know, he does have his stubborn side. You see his relationship with his father kind of growing as well, where there is mutual respect. And his father's understanding him a little bit more, understanding that he's going to, you know, be as stubborn as him and do other things and think out the outside the box. And it goes into the to the second film where in the beginning there there's like this competition. Basketball. Yep. And that's what I call it. Um Hiccup is nowhere to be found because, you know, he, he the inventor that he is, he creates the suit where he can fly along with with um Toothless, which I think is pretty cool that he created this contraption on his suit where he can be a dragon as well, which is really yeah, it's essentially a, a like a like a wingsuit, like you'd see people that like jump out of planes or do like base jumping and stuff. It's it's a, a wingsuit, but it's it's very out of place in wherever this you know fictional place actually is. Well, and sorry not to cut anybody off, but to jump in a little bit, um, one of the things I love about that is going back to the symbiotic relationship that Hiccup and Toothless have. Toothless needs help from Hiccup to fly Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, in the first movie, the whole wing injury situation and the invention that Hiccup created. It's like if a a helicopter lost its rear rotor, it can't fly correctly. It's the same thing. He lost part of his tail. And when Hiccup lost part of his leg, he invented this kind of like a I'd say like a latch type like it fits thing that, exactly into a stirrup. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it fits into the stirrup that helps guide, like it keeps the wing um, on Toothless's tail. He can control it with like a, a pedal, kind of like on a, a motorcycle, or think of kind of the... the, um, the saddle that Tyrion Lannister gives to Bran Stark so that he can ride a horse. Right. And in order for Hiccup to fly, you know, yeah, he has the winged contraption that he wears, but he needs the force of Toothless, and he rides the... Thermal updraft. Yes, that's what it's called. Um... And ultimately, you know, sometimes yeah, like he, he, he shoots little fireballs in front of uh, where Hiccup's going to be. And that updraft, you know, gives him the ability to kind of like rise up in altitude so right. he can glide for a while. The only thing he doesn't really have the hang of yet is steering himself. Yeah. And that's what he needs a little bit of help with. And that's when Toothless comes in and ultimately rescues him from killing himself. Uh, but they go on these adventures again back to the map that he's trying to create he's trying to see more of the world he's trying to map things out and ultimately now in the second movie his um, main purpose is dragon rescue Mm -hmm. and he's trying to find other dragons to recruit Mm -hmm. uh, to their dragon brew that they have and granted this is kind of like a dragon paradise that they've created dragons are taken care of very well uh his his buddy's got like the the trading cards almost like okay you know like the categorizing it's almost like catching pokemon where he's like you know he's you know fire breathing but he has this category so there's like there's different categories and like instead of killing the dragons they're learning and categorizing them categorizing 
But you also see that, um, so not only has Hiccup become more of a leader, he's still not the chief yet. His dad is still alive and well, uh, wants him to become the chief. Mm-hmm. And Hiccup's just like, yeah, that's still not for me. Like, my dad still wants me to be something he's that still, I'm not. He's still having that internal struggle of who he is trying to be, which I think at that time, he's 20 years old. We're all still trying to find out who we are. But it's not it's not one of those things where, you know, he's chief until his dad dies because there is a specific thing where his his dad's buddy says, you know, you can retire soon. And like, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to retire. Right. So like he's trying to groom him to be chief so he can just pass it on and he doesn't have to be chief anymore. He can still be there as like in an advisory uh, 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 capacity, but he doesn't necessarily have to die in order for hiccup to become chief which is an interesting uh dynamic because it's that's usually the the way succession works is you know the firstborn son is the next in line to rule so to speak but that's another thing that's i think kind of progressive although i i can't speak intelligently as to the uh you know exact uh, hierarchy of Viking society because I, I simply don't know. So that might be the standard or it might be an aberration. Right, but he's still kind of going through like that. You know, he's not looking so much for his dad's approval anymore because he's received it. And they have a very good relationship yeah, at this really point. Um, and Hiccup has grown. Oh, yeah. He is taller and bigger. He has better armor that he's wearing. Um, you know, his hair isn't as unruly. Uh, he's starting to look a little, you know, a little more Viking ish. He's, it, it looks like he's trying to grow facial hair. Yeah. Uh, you know, you see that a lot in the series as well. You could see that he's starting to get like that five o'clock shadow going. So it'll be interesting to see with the third movie how they progress, mm-hmm. you know, the physical appearance of, of his character. Uh, but he's still, he's still hiccup. Like yeah. he still kind of has those awkward tendencies. Like the whiny voice. Like, it's not that bad. Um, and he wants to see the good in people and he wants to see the good in the world and he is trying to convince these are dragon poachers for lack of better word um led by kit harrington (laughs) um he's trying to convince people who think dragons are bad or are trying to use dragons for bad that dragons are good and you can use them for good and they don't need to be out there, you know, blowing shit up and ruining things like they can do good things and live, you know, peacefully with people. Yeah. Andy invents a lightsaber. He does invent. Yeah, it's kind of a lightsaber. Yeah, it's it's featured in the television show. Sorry, I, I keep bringing back the television show. It's no, it's okay. Uh, I'm so interested in like watching he, it. It now. is. He do, in the television show you do see Hiccup doing a lot of inventions. Where in the films you don't you see him doing it a little bit, but in the show that he progresses with a lot of like a, a fire lightsaber. He does that. He creates 
a dragon lens, which is um, a huge point throughout the series where it's kind of like a kaleidoscope kind of thing. And there's different lenses and it's supposed to show you how to get to the king of the dragon. And he's on the quest of finding all these different lenses to fit it. And the the original contraction contraction um, is taken away. So he creates a new one like through just things that he has around and it's he's able to make it work and um him and his friends they build a paradise for dragons um you know you see a lot of his adventures and and his and his adventures and his inventions throughout the series and I'm glad that they were able to incorporate that even more in the second film because it's a lot of who he is he works with his hands he's very he he's always doing something he's always trying to figure out things that he's trying to think out of the, the box a lot and in that series it really does play to it and it's really nice because i can relate to that i'm always been very hands-on trying to figure out like puzzles was such a big thing for me and like for hiccup puzzles and everything that he's doing is a big puzzle and he's trying to find what pieces go together and it's it's nice and I'm glad that they incorporated with the second film and a lot of uh, not to break away from the second film too much but in the series you see the relationship with Astrid progress because it's a big it's a big thing in the second film as well um in the television series they become boyfriend girlfriend and then he basically they become betrothed and they're engaged and he gives his gives um Astrid his mother's um coin which his father gave to his mom as a symbol of their relationship and he gave that to her and he confines an Astrid as like his kind of wingman his confidant like his general you know he values her her opinions over everything and you see that relationship um go into the second film and um and speaking of his mother, we learned the truth about his mother, which is, I was, I was surprised to see that. Surprise! She's alive! She's been alive. And, <laughs> Kate Blanchett. Yeah. And so Ast- uh, Astrid and Hiccup, they are flying around after dealing with uh, Kit Harrington's character. I forgot his name already. Um, and he's, he's noticed this new place that's not on his map that he's created and he is flying out there, and he runs into... Why are you shaking your head? Because that's not what happens. He is flying off because his dad came to rescue him after he tried to turn himself in to talk sense into Drago Bloodvist. And he's all pissed, and he's laying back on his thing, and all of a sudden you see, like, a shark fin in the clouds, and then he sees, like, this weird-dressed person, and they take down... uh they get him, and then Toothless crashes into the water. It's not because he was look at, he was trying to investigate a new place. Like, he gets taken by them. We just watched it last night. That's how I remember it. Okay. Um, so he meets, you know, he's taken to this unknown place, and his mother, he realizes the lady takes off her, her mask, and it's his mom, and... He's kind of like, what the, 
what the hell's going on? I can't put how are how are you my mom? Like you've been here my entire my entire life. And we find out that his mom is you see a lot of the connection between his mom and him where they have kind of they they see dragons as you know, part of their soul and um sorry, I'm slowly lost in what I was gonna say. Um so Yeah, like his mom sees how he interacts with uh what's his name there? Uh Toothless. Mm-hmm. And she sees like like how are you able to do this? How are you able to and she sees how he reacts with the other dragons around him and he uses a little lightsaber thing because one end has the gas in it that ignites and so they're kind of like accepting him as one of his, as one of their own and she kind of like looks at him and like touches his face and looks for like a specific scar and she's like hiccup he's like who the fuck are you and she's all like you watch your mouth young man <laughs> yeah it happens a, a not quite like that but uh yeah so come to find out like this whole being able to communicate with dragons and having kind of like a away with them is genetic because his mother has that same like sense about about dragons and so there's this whole like um, emotional uh side that we see from hiccup that we haven't really seen before he's elated oh my god my mom's alive like what the hell and the first thing she does is run off like hey follow me and he's like wait wait come back like and she's like leading him through this cave system yeah, because she wanted to show off this whole dragon paradise that was that that was there, and show him that you know this is what she's been doing, and that he can do it too. Like, there's a place for people like that. And she explains that part of the reason why she left is because she realized that she had this gift for dragons, but Vikings were very anti-dragon, and she could not convince Stoic, her husband, to. You know, be more forgiving towards dragons, and so she she leaves. She leaves, and uh, Hiccup's like, I don't know what you're talking. Like, we have dragons now, and she was like, You do? Like people? You know, he changed. She didn't leave. She got taken by the dragon. The dragon took her away. She didn't leave. She just stayed after the dragon took her. That's why they thought because she saw the dragon interacting with Hiccup. And she was like, oh, shit, I got to pick up a sword and fight him. And he was giggling and laughing because the dragon didn't want to. Because that was her thing. She was like, dragons are good people, too. And no one would listen to her. And then, like, when she almost, like, started making eye contact with the dragon and, like, was getting ready to, like, you know, kind of, like, interact with it and, like, be friends with it. That's when What's-His-Name came in and, like, chopped his nose off. Her husband came in and chopped his nose off and the dragon freaked out, grabbed her and took off. She just decided to stay away because she figured it would be better because, you know, she didn't want she didn't think that uh, Stoic could ever change who he was. And she thought it would be better to try and help the dragons. So he's reunited with his mother and then eventually he loses his father. So you get to see quite the like emotional 180 mm-hmm. for 
hiccup uh from total elation like and his parents get back together too that's the thing like they get back together you know mm-hmm. Valka realizes that stoic has changed and stoic is like you are still the most beautiful person i've ever seen in my life like i'm just gonna hug the shit out of you and she was just like okay big burly viking man hug me and so they hugged and it was great um lots of hugging but anyways so you you think that you you start to think that oh my god they're gonna be this this is like the happy family exactly you know hiccup finally has this this happy ending and he has his his fiance and his parents and everything's great and then in a complete twist of events his dad is taken from him at the hands of Toothless, who is under this spell of this really evil alpha dragon. Mm-hmm. And it's the quarrel of his friend just killed his dad. Now, granted, it, it was his friend, but it wasn't his friend. Mm-hmm. And his dad was actually rescuing Hiccup because Toothless was preparing to attack Hiccup. Yeah. And Stoic jumped in front of them just in time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ultimately sacrificing himself for, for Hiccup. And I think uh, he knew, like stoic did it for a reason like a it was a father rescuing his son but he also knew that you know he was the chief he's been trying to pass down the chief ship yeah hit the torch to his son for a while and realized that it was now or never yeah and you know he wasn't going to live forever Mm -hmm. and you know, uh, his son proved to be a more than adequate chief. Um, you know, and because of all of this happening, you know, that whole, like, I don't know if I really want to be chief. It's not, yeah. it's not me. He ends up becoming the chief in the end. What, what really kind of symbolizes everything, especially with that moment is they, you know, they hit the father is gone. They do this ritual where, you know, the chief is, is being um, floated away in a boat and they have to shoot arrows at it and, you know, in a ceremony and you see hiccup just kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like this is, I can't do this. And his mom, like this is probably my favorite line in the film is you have the heart of the chief, but you're the soul of a dragon. You have the soul of the dragon. And I think that really symbolizes who hiccup is because Throughout this whole series, he's trying to find out who he really is. He's trying to find that line of like, how can I be the protector of all these people, but do the things that I want to do? And, you know, that also shows like his parents too. like his father was the chief and his mom had the soul of a dragon and they have hiccup. And so in this whole crazy event and up to the end of the film, hiccup is now the chief of of Burke and he realizes, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do and I can do it. And it's, I'm excited to see what the third film is going to happen. And I think this is the third film is going to be the end of the whole series. And it's, it sucks. Cause I really enjoy this series and I really enjoy hiccup as a character. And 
it's in for me it's really nice to see the progression of the years from the from both films and the television so sh- television show seeing hiccup become you know seeing like events like that seeing like how i could relate of like how i turn out to be at the very end it's like you know the product of both your parents and seeing the good and the bad in them and being in you as well and that's where hiccup is at this point where he has both of his parents in him he's the heart he has the heart of a chief and he's got the soul of a dragon and him and him and toothless become alphas of their 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 land and their people um so is there anything else that you guys want to add no i think you know his faults are also his strengths in in you know what we see in the the two films cuz i haven't watched the tv show either you know he thinks that if he just goes and and can talk to he can change anyone's mind and and you know unfortunately that's not the truth and it <laughs> costs many many lives um i mean they really don't get into it cuz a lot of them are faceless characters but it costs many 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 lives there's a massive battle with the you know Drago's people and 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 his people but um you know even you know and it it's shown to him even at the end like he's like yeah you know my my flying fire breathing puppy was able to overcome your big scary monster that you have because i'm a friend to him i'm not I don't abuse him and, and control him out of fear. Um, and even in that, even faced with that, Drago's like, yeah, I don't care. You know, I, he, he's still screaming at his dragon to fight and fight and fight, even though every other dragon's against him. So, you know, he proved a point. He won the battle, but he didn't do what he set out to do, which was change his mind. He did change Kid Harrington's mind. But that's only, I mean, that was partly because Drago was like, oh, well, well, you're useless too. I'll kill you too. So, but yeah, I mean, I think that's his greatest strength and his greatest failing is his belief in uh, the goodness of other people. How about you, Ashes? Any final thoughts? I'm really hoping they find another Night Fury in the third movie. I think that's the rumor. I from what I've read, it's like they're both Hiccup and and um, Toothless kind of have to. They're in like this kind of um, crossroads of where they're gonna go in their lives, and I think there might be another Night Fury. Which oh my god, I wonder what they're gonna name her Teethy, Teethy, Toothy, 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 Toothy. She's got no toothies. And um, can be toothsome. I'm excited. I'm excited to see where the third film is going to go. So um, let's head to a break. And when we come back, we'll have battle, a new battle, I believe. Is there a new battle? Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, science and wine. And so let's go to a break.
Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday podcast. Fueled by tacos, beer, and Bloody Marys, the only show featuring baby Jesus with a nail gun, the pride of PA, and the show with the eye of the tiger, ladies and gentlemen, Punch Farm. Hey, this is Mark from Punch Farm. I'm here with Mark Dose. Hello. I'm here with Alicia. Hello. I'm here with Nikki. Hey. Join us every Monday as we talk about life, tacos, beer, and movies. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and punchfarm.com. Keep on punching! <laughs> I love this song. I'm sorry. Anyone who doesn't who doesn't love this song, I don't know what to tell you, because this is an amazing song. I know we let it go for a little longer than we usually do, because I was actually waiting for people to jump in and start changing the lyrics like they usually do, but nobody did, so... What's funny is no one ever jumps in to change those lyrics. Isn't that, isn't that weird? Those are the best lyrics weird? ever. Mm-hmm. They're... Very true. Uh, yep. So, I hope you enjoyed that that talk about hiccup. And if you have any other thoughts that you would like to share with us, you know, please reach out and you know let us know because we're always interested in hearing what you guys uh, what you guys think about our uh, right. If you think we suck, tell us we suck. Like just be constructive. Like I was I was listening to a show where you know somebody with like. And they, they made a good point. This is the Secret Transmissions podcast, and they, they made a great point. Like, if you have, like, you know, various, you know, synonyms for for genitalia in your name or, like, you know, 420 or 69 in your name, I'm probably not going to take you seriously. So if you're, like, ball puncher 420, 69, and you're like, you guys suck, like, I'm not going to care what you think. I'm really not. However, if you're ball puncher four twenty sixty nine and you're like, hey, I think you guys, you know, overall are doing a good job, but here are a couple of things I think you could improve on, then you know what? I'm actually gonna listen to your your uh criticism because that is is uh valid criticism. Do you think ball puncher four twenty sixty nine knows Ray Park? He might, and if he does, uh it is Ray Park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so Ball Puncher 42069, uh, you know, help us out. Uh, give us, you know, give give uh, give the show a listen. Let Ray know we're we're thinking about him. And uh, but yeah, we are on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and. At some point, we'll be on Spotify. So I, I inquired about it and was told that it is submitted to Spotify. It's a, it's the ball is in their court. All right, so they just have to put it up there. You're missing a golden opportunity, Spotify. Golden. So hopefully Spotify is listening. 
Yeah, I'm sure. Spotify, Spotify if you're listening, listening, let Ray Park know. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, give us a review. We are always down. If you want to suggest a character, you know, we always like to uh, listen to listener feedback. Um, if you want to come on the show and, and chat with us, uh, I do know that uh, there are a couple of a couple of crossovers in the future. There's a couple of folks that. Uh, we need to have on a couple of folks that want us on their show as well. So there's some crossovers coming up. We just did uh, just did a crossover recently with the Paranormal Punchers show. We discussed the Voynich manuscript. So that was nice. Uh, those folks are awesome. Give their show a listen if you like weird and unexplained stuff. Um, but yeah, we want to hear from you. You know, you know, hit us up at Throwdown Thursday podcast at gmail.com td thursday pod on uh twitter you know, at nick tompkins at miss von nightmare and at patrick rahal on twitter as well in the facebook group you know let us know because we want to hear from you guys uh i feel like we don't get enough uh input from folks and we really enjoy it so i think uh from come there, play with us forever and, and ever, ever. And ever. So we had a, a, a battle last week. Uh, Ashes, no, I'm sorry. We did the battle last week. We have a new battle coming up. New battle. Next week. I need to go to bed. We have to, go to, we have to be at work in like three hours. Um, why don't you introduce the battle this week? And this time you can do it with Agent Nicole. Uh, and Agent Nicole, I don't know if you listened. Last time she introduced the battle by herself, she <laughs> I still, still screwed couldn't it up. get the numbers right. Oh, sorry, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's why I laughed because I wasn't feeling good. That's when you were taken by the child detection agency. Yep. All right, you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Sure. All right. Three, three two, two, one. one. It's, it's a, a motherfucking throwdown. Um, okay, so today for our battle, we have Hiccup and his dragons versus Daenerys Targaryen and her dragons. Who did you, who, who do you think would win? Now, does Hiccup get all of his dragons now that, uh, uh, Toothless is the alpha and they all listen to him. So are like, are we getting all these dragons? Maybe. Or are sure, we just not? getting Maybe. his? Well, because there's, there's a... Well, it's it's an open playing field as far as that goes. It's, it's how you rationalize who would win. Because, I mean, if we're talking just Hiccup versus Drogon, I mean, that could be... If it's a one-on-one... Hiccup and well, it wouldn't be just a hiccup. Well, hiccup and what's his name versus Drogon and 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 uh, Daenerys. Like, you know, there is definitely a size difference, but it doesn't really matter because we saw that in the second movie. So, but if it's all three of Daenerys's dragons, uh, maybe two. I'm not trying to give away any spoilers for people who haven't seen the last last season of Game of Thrones, so I'm saying all three of her dragons at the height of her power. I'm saying that the the specifications are open to however you interpret it. But if you interpret it interpret it a certain way, let us know. Let us know why who you chose as a winner in the poll on the Facebook group and let us know why you chose that character as the winner. 
Sounds good. All right. So we've got some some science. We've got some some wine. Yes. And we have Agent Nicole files. I didn't say files before the break, so now I don't have any. Sorry. Okay. All right. So we do have science. So let's get into some science. From the blackness of space, timeless from the void, you terrified to learn of Patsy's science facts. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what I have today, I have a quick little thing about uh, a science fact about dragons, actually. And this science fact comes uh, courtesy of George R.R. R. Martin of uh, the Game of Thrones Song of Ice and Fire series. And if you've ever seen the show, you know that uh, unlike in How to Train Your Dragon, where there's so many different varieties of dragons, some of them have four legs, some of them have two, some of them have two sets of wings, like uh, uh, Cloud Jumper has two sets of wings, uh, kind of like an insect. Um, In the Game of Thrones dragons... They have two wings and legs, similar to, as I'm staring at it, Monster Zero, also known as King King Ghidorah from the uh, Godzilla kaiju fame. Now, the reason uh, George R.R. R. Martin has designed his dragons that way is he said it's scientifically accurate. There are no animals in uh, in reality that have four legs and wings. In most cases, the wings will act as the hands or arms. Like if you look at a, a bat, you know they have like the fingers that extend from the top of their uh, the top of their wings, and like their wings are essentially their hands, like webbed hands. If you, I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, but if, if you look at the the skeletal remains of a of a bat, or like say an X ray of a bat, you'll see. Like that, and that's how he designed his dragon. So the wings are on, are not only you know used for flying, but also as like a secondary means of uh, locomotion, using like the front wings. Like that first joint will have like a claw or something on it, mm-hmm. and they use that to kind of walk around or climb. Uh, you see that in in Harry Potter and the fourth one when Harry battles the dragon. Uh, it climbs around and like you know scrapes it and grabs at things. Rodan's the same way. So, I mean, I know what you're thinking. There are animals with more than four legs that have wings, but dragons are not insects. Although the term dragon can mean anything uh, in mythology, you know, a, a cockatrice, uh, you know, random it, anything that had. Uh, dragon-like properties was like a mythical creature fell under like the dragon blanket or umbrella and certain dragons depending on your mythology would have animal-like uh, 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 features you know you know feathered wings or uh, you know an eagle's beak things like that so yeah that's that's my science fact about dragons today so cool yeah fun and exciting stuff uh Ashes, you said you have a uh, something about wine you want to tell us. So. I have lots of things about wine I want to tell you. So let's do that. Mm-hmm. 
going to keep this relatively brief. A couple of things. So on Saturday, St. Patrick's Day, I am attending my first wine party. I don't really know the specifications of what a wine party is. I always thought a wine party was a party that you go to and drink wine, but apparently there's more to it than that. Uh, So stay tuned. And so a wine that I have spoken about before, a wine that's a seasonal release is back. I'm talking about Apothic Rosé. I forget what episode I spoke about it, but... um, it's back. Just listen to all of them. Yeah, just listen to all of them. Uh, our entire back catalog. It's only 90 episodes. It's, it's take, you, take you a little while. Um, but anyways, Apothic Rosé is back. And rumor has it, it's become a permanent part of their collection. So I'm very excited for that. So if you're looking for something that is not a red, not a white, a little light on the palate, flavorful... Yet easy to pair. Pothic Rosé. That's good stuff. Wolfie, you know somebody who likes that too, don't you? I do. Yeah, it's mm. that's good stuff. Rosé all day. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. From October till May. Are you done? Yes. Okay. I had to think about it for a second. Okay. Yeah. Hope that rosé doesn't sashay away. Okay. Now yeah, now you are done. Rosé, you stay. <laughs> oh, that should be like your catchphrase or something. Like if you drink something that you like. Rosé, you stay. Cabernet, you stay. I think that was... Riesling, you can go miss thing. I don't, I don't know. He knows she better don't. That, that was kind of a stretch. Pino, you didn't. Oh, oh, I like that mm-hmm. one. I don't know. I don't know any other kinds of wine. Sauvignon, you can carry on. Let's <laughs> be moving on. Okay. I think it's our time. I think we should stop doing that because I will up. keep doing that all night. Yeah. So I think with Here. that being said, uh, we don't know what we're doing next week, so tune in. What are we? We talked about this. We don't let people know that we don't know what we're doing. We tell them it's a surprise and get them all excited and then hope that we come up with a really good idea between now and then. If you have any suggestions, tell us because we still might not have any idea by now. Oh, my God. If not, we can always use it for a future episode. Uh, With that being said, see see you you next Thursday. Thursday.